Hi, I am Genevieve Pardo. I am the host of the Grit and Grace podcast. So thank you so much for joining me. I am excited as we come into summer to take a little bit of a break from the podcast and from social media. So we're coming upon a year. I've almost had 30 episodes of this podcast, which is really exciting. I started it originally called The Stoic Muse um, to just express my my love and interest in stoicism and interview women who I find really uh, interesting and amazing. So that's kind of where this all started. And as I said, we're coming upon 30 episodes. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Um, I also launched a publishing business last year, and that one has really taken off. So I'm thrilled and grateful and humbled. And I'm going to spend some time with my family this summer. And we have a lot going on on that front as well, which is super exciting moving across the country. So lots going on. And I just thank you for joining me on this journey so far. It's been so fun. So it's not the end. It's just the end of season one. And without further wait, I am really excited to introduce to you a woman by the name of Victoria Moore. So she's who I will be speaking with today. Um, At a very young age, she became a widow. And what she has done is turn grief into gratitude. She is a grief mentor an author, um, a speaker, a coach. I will let her um, go over all the incredible ways she is now helping other widows. So she's so fascinating and she is just such a lovely soul. So thank you so much uh, to all the listeners who have joined me over the last 30 episodes. Um, I have just appreciated this this experience so much. So when I come back um, to the Grit and Grace podcast, it's going to look a little different because change is a good thing. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy your summer. I hope you enjoy this interview and I can't wait to see you again. Here is my interview with Victoria Moore. Uh, so I am with Victoria Moore today. I have been waiting to interview girl. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. And I don't even know how to introduce you. You are a grief mentor. You're a grief warrior. You're an author. You're a coach. You're a speaker. Where do I begin? Give me, give me, the, give me the bio. First of all, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I do lots of things. Yeah. Written books. Um, I have some hypno meditation albums on iTunes. Um, I'm always empowering and inspiring others to just live happier and healthier. And yeah, in the past two years really started, um, kind of stepping into the grief space after losing my husband. That is why we connected. I'm so appreciative that you reached out to me to share your story and you have been sharing your story. So you lost your husband two years ago um, and you turned your grief into gratitude and you turned your pain into purpose. It is one thing to go through that experience and then another to share it. That's, that is bravery. And I'm sure that that was part of your process. And the process is actually the first question I want to ask you. So where did it start? Was it, you know, months after 
you lost your husband or when did you say, I have to start writing? I have to get this down. Well, I mean, I've always been one to journal and write. Um, I've been sharing just how to live happier and healthier even prior to losing him. And after I lost him, yeah, I just knew that I was meant to kind of share my story to help others and kind of break the stigma around um, mental health and suicide. Mm -hmm. And so at first I was in a pretty deep fog. So I would say it was probably maybe two to three months after is when I was able to kind of start openly sharing it. Yeah. That's amazing. That is not long. That, no. is, that is very, very short. And so um, tell me about your book writing process. Well, the books I actually had written prior to losing him. So I had written books. Um, I Both my children, I had a natural drug-free water birth. And so I wanted to kind of empower other women to hopefully do the same or, um, you know, trust in their body and know that it is possible. And so I wrote two books about just natural tips and tricks to have a natural labor. So um, different like natural pain-free um, or methods to release pain. So like yoga, meditation, things like that. It's actually kind of amazing. My, my first born was born at home because there was a snowstorm. So a snowstorm is also a great tip on how yeah. to have a drug free because, but it is funny. We were just saying before we started recording this interview that life gives you what you can handle. And when hard things happen, you do have a choice to kind of lean into it and just say, well, this is what I was given. Um, and so yeah, turning your pain into purpose. Tell me about the albums and the affirmation albums that you've recorded. So um, again, I had I had recorded two mm -hmm. prior to losing my husband. I did one that was um, for birthing mamas. Mm -hmm. And then I did other, another one that um, I just kind of say is for normal people. Because at the time, I didn't know I was going to go through grief and things like that. I didn't know I was going to lose my husband. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of recorded one. I had a bunch of people saying, well, I'm not pregnant. And I'm not going to have a baby. So what about, you know, what about people like me? And so I kind of just created one for just anybody to help with things like sleep and anxiety and confidence and um, just meditation is just so useful in so many different ways. And then when I lost my husband, meditation and hypnosis was a huge part of my healing process. And mm -hmm. so because I had already recorded two albums prior, and I was recording actually hypno meditations for myself that I would listen to at night to help myself through the healing process. And so I just thought, you know, I already have two albums out. Why not do one for people that are experiencing grief and loss and trauma? And so that is where uh, Grief to Gratitude hypno meditation album was born. So I just recorded some of the scripts that I would use, was using, added a couple more, and then published it on iTunes, uh, Google Music, and Spotify. I wanted to say, yeah, uh, I didn't want to miss out the Spotify one there because I just listened to um, a couple different ones on, on Spotify. So please don't miss that. Um, so you became a widow at a very young age. This is not typically, you are not a typical widow. Uh, it was, or maybe better said, you are not what someone might associate you know, with as the image. Your children are younger. Um, and so did you find that isolating? How did you find that experience? Did you find other widows to connect with? I want to go into your, um, the I Love You More organization that um, you've started. So tell me about that journey as a young widow. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I became a widow. I was 37 years old. 
So that to me was kind of a shock because you don't really expect to lose your spouse when you're so young and you have young children. Typically you think of widows as being, you know, like in their seventies or eighties. So for me, I felt, I didn't know anybody my age, you know, everybody was either getting married or having babies or um, even like, you know, going through a divorce, but nobody was having their, their partner die. So I wanted to kind of connect with other people who could understand my grief. I had a, I was very lucky. I had a um, large support system of friends and family, but nobody was a widow. I mean, other than my grandmother who was in her eighties. So <laughs> I went to, it's called Camp Widow and they host it in San Diego every year. And it happened to be about six weeks after I lost my husband. And so I signed up for that. It's a conference for widows. I did not know what to expect. Um, at the time I was thinking a widow's conference had to be really depressing and sad and everybody was just gonna sit around and cry. And I was nervous to go, but at the same time, I was also kind of curious to learn how better to navigate this path. And so they had lots of conferences about, you know, finances after losing your spouse and parenting children through grief and just all sorts of different things. And I connected with so many young widows. And I thought, you know, for at first I thought I was a unicorn because I didn't know anybody else. And I guess we still kind of are unicorns because it's not very common that you come across a young widow. And my preconceived notions about the conference was completely different because it was actually really fun. Um, there was laughing and we would, you know, we had a dance party one night and we would, you know, have drinks and lunch and it was really awesome to kind of know that, okay, I, even though I've been dealt this hand of cards, I didn't ask for, and it's going to be difficult. I can get through this. There's other people that are getting through this. And so that was really empowering and made lots of great connections of other young widows. We still reach out to each other, check on each other. Um, we're planning to meet up at Camp Widow again this year. It was canceled last year because of COVID. So we're very excited for this year. And I actually applied to be a speaker. So still waiting to hear back about that. Um, and then I also, I answered in my nonprofit that's called I Love You More. And that is in honor of my husband. And it is to provide resources and support for other widows and families affected by suicide. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in the works of getting that started up. Um, it's still a work in progress, but we're getting there. And then I just most recently joined with Modern Widows Club because they did not have a San Diego chapter. And so I am the new lead community advocate for the San Diego Widow chapter. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. Wow, you you are busy. <laughs> I am amazing. busy. And I, I homeschool my kids. <laughs> and you homeschool by choice which is, yes. should be, should be out underlined because there's a lot of people homeschooling, not by choice right now. Yes. I did it before. It was cool. I've been doing it for over seven years now. So you must laugh when you see complaining on social media, you're like, I chose this and it's great. Yes. I know. I remember when it, the pandemic first hit and people were like, Oh my gosh, I have to have my kids home with me all day, every day. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> what's, what's the problem? I mean, yeah, they drive you crazy. There's those, you know, you have your moments and stuff, but, um, we love it. And people always ask, how long are you going to homeschool for? And I keep saying for as long as it works for us. And I don't really have a time frame on it, but so far it's working and we love it. And yeah. That's beautiful for as long as it works. I think that's great. I wanted to ask you, um, just circling back to, to Camp Widow and the story you're sharing about, you know, initially feeling isolated and like a unicorn. And so what would you say to um, 
friends and family of someone who's just become a widow, because I think a lot of us don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to help. So what would you say having been through it? How can we help? Well, fortunately, you know, we live in the age of information. So there's lots of good resources on the internet, um, books and things like that. Definitely kind of read what to say and what not to say. I think that's very important because our society does not focus a lot on grief. Um, it makes people uncomfortable. And a lot of times people will just disappear until they think that you are fixed or until you're over it. Mm -hmm. And that can be very hurtful. Um, and then there's all those, you know, little platitudes. Like I know for me being a young widow, I had a lot of people say, oh, it's okay. You're young and beautiful. You'll be fine. You'll get remarried. And I think people, you know, they mean well by saying that they're trying to encourage you, but it can be very hurtful because you're in a sense discounting what that person is going through. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that I would say not to say is people always tell, you know, tell me you're so strong, you're so strong. And again, I think they mean that in a positive way, but after a while you're like, look, I don't want to be strong right now. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. So, I mean, like I said, there's lots of good resources online that kind of can help you learn how to support. You can also reach out to like the widows organizations. They have a lot of resources on their pages too, on how to help support somebody who's going through a difficult time. Um, really the best thing you can do is even if you're just sitting there in silence with that person, you don't need to say anything special. You don't need to have the right words. You're not going to fix them. You're not going to take their pain away. Um, and talking about their, the person that they lost is not, is actually very healing. I think some people too, they, they don't want to speak about that person for fear that it's going to remind you that they passed away and you don't need a reminder. You're reminded that every single second. And so I know for me, I love when people are telling stories or memories about my husband. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people, they're afraid to do that because they're afraid to upset you even more. So. And thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure that that is useful and helpful. A lot of times people don't know what to say. And I love that you said the, um, the point about you're so strong and it's like, you didn't choose this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not, um, I think that that can be applied to so many different areas when people are going through tough chapters saying you're so strong. I do think that there's a nice intention there, but sometimes I think like you said, sitting there holding space for someone can maybe in silence, <laughs> point being in silence is sometimes a bit more powerful. Um, so on your site, I, I really liked how you reference different types of trauma and different types of grief. And you, you have the phrase grief release. And a lot of times we focus on unpacking and ruminating and like talk therapy, but I love this idea of grief release. Can you tell me a bit, of, a bit more about that? So um, grief release is just, you know, you are releasing those emotions. And by when I say releasing them, it doesn't mean hiding them or pretending like they don't exist, anything like that. It's about really feeling those emotions and allowing it to release through you. Because when we, with any sort of trauma, um, whether it's a divorce, a loss of a job, anything like that, health problems, when you are kind of hiding or stuffing down that grief, it's going to make itself worse. It's going to end up manifesting itself one way or another. And typically it manifests itself in a physical sense. So it could actually make you more sick mm -hmm. um, emotionally and physically. And so 
with grief release, there's different methods through meditation, through hypnosis, through um, EFT or AFT, just different ways to help to process those emotions. And again, it doesn't mean that you release them and they're gone, you're never gonna feel them again, but it's just understanding that, okay, it's, it's okay to feel this, I'm going to feel this. And I'm, I, it's part of the process, it's part of the healing journey. Thank you. And so you said a couple terms there. I, I think I'd like to ask more about. So you are um, separately, you are an emotional energy empowerment coach. What is yes. that? Um, I just help people manage their emotions, understand them, understand what helps to bring them up, um, different triggers, and then how to process them. So there's, again, different, um, different modalities. So I'm certified in like 13 different modalities. So meditation, hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming. Um, again, the EFT is emotional freedom technique. And um, some people know of it as tapping mm -hmm. where you tap the different uh, parts of your body and you, that is very helpful. Um, affirmations. And that is usually paired with EFT um, as well as AFT. So AFT is not so known by people. I actually trained under clinical psychologist, uh, Benjamin Perkis for about a year prior to losing my husband. And I'm so grateful that I learned all these modalities before he passed because I, it's been very important for my healing journey for myself and my children. So aroma freedom technique is similar to EFT in the fact that you're using affirmations to help process difficult trauma, mm -hmm. but you use aromatherapy. So it's the sense of smell and it, it affects the um, limbic region of the brain, which is the kind of the storehouse of our emotions. And so you're using certain essential oils to help to process those emotions and release traumatic memories. That, so when you brought that up before, I was like, whoa, stop. That is so interesting. You know that it's rare. Like not a lot of people have heard of this. Mm -hmm. um, and so do you practice this with your clients now? Is this available if people reach out to you? How does this work? How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can reach out to me through my website. So I do one-on-ones and I do group sessions as well. And yeah, we would just set up a session. Um, if you do a group session, it's a little bit more generic. Typically, I will pair it around a certain type of emotion. So whether it's grief or whether it's um, you know resentment or unforgiveness, anything like that, I'll kind of pair it more towards certain emotions. Whereas on a one-on-one -on -one session, we can really kind of dig down deep and figure out what is your specific emotions that you're struggling with and needing to work with. Now, here's a question because it's aroma therapy. Does it have to be in person or can you do this online? You could do it online. So basically what I would do is um, you could, there's different ways you could do it. So you can buy the products directly from me, the essential oils, and then we work through the process or for people that want to do just like a group session and they want to try it out before they commit to doing a one-on-one, -on -one, you can actually purchase Austin like a little packet with you. And then we would do the session. Ah, oh, that's, it's like, this is so cool. But then when you explain it, it makes perfect sense. It's such a great way. Um, and I'm glad you brought up affirmations as well. So for people who are not familiar, why would the repetitive, um, kind of, it's like a mantra, right? Why would affirmations help with grief, trauma, anger, forgiveness, you know, resentment? What's the connection there? So it just helps to kind of reprogram the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the whole idea about it. So then when you, when you pair it with aromatherapy or you pair it with tapping, it just helps it to like go a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's 
amazing. Uh, you know, I love it. I think it's affirmations are, and same with tapping. I totally understand some people can be hesitant or, and it's usually something that has brought them there. Like we said, grief, anger, trauma, right? But then when you start it and you start it as a practice, you're like, this is amazing. It's directed focus. Sometimes if it's kind of an open-ended meditation and you are working through something so challenging, it's hard to, to soothe the mind, but things like affirmation, tapping, and I'm sure the aroma therapy, it, it directs your focus, uh, much like a body scan as well. And so, um, you do have a lot of modalities that you work in this. I told you, I have so many questions <laughs> just really quickly. So, um, the hypnotherapy, walk me through what it would be like to work with you in a hypnotherapy session. So with a hypnotherapy session, there's a couple different ways. So again, I do those, I do group sessions and I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, again, group session is going to be similar to like what I do with AFT. It's going to be a little bit more generic because I'm working with a, a group of people. And so everybody kind of has their own thing, but has a commonality, a common emotion that they're working with. Yeah. So if you do a one-on-one -on -one session, then typically I do those live and I will have them recorded. And then I send you a recording that you can have on. So you can listen to it on your phone at night before you go to bed or just whenever you're feeling the need to use it and process those emotions. It's so cool. So I'm going to put all the links <laughs> below where people can get in touch with you um, and, and find out more. You are in working in so many different spaces. So I want to underline as well that you are a grief mentor, but that is a really big uh, category. Mm -hmm. So no one is excluded. It's not only widows clearly that you're working with. It's, it's really in the trauma space. So I will include all the links and I urge anyone who's working through, you know, a really tough chapter to reach out to you because you have like the ultimate toolbox. You really do. You've oh, done you. very, very well. Like talk about grief and gratitude. It's amazing. So as we wrap up, um, what's next for you? What's, what's the next chapter look like? Um, probably just doing more of the same. I feel like I'm always evolving. So who knows? I'm open to lots of different things. I love learning different modalities and different ways to kind of support myself, my children, as well as other people. Um, first and foremost, one thing that I've always done is everything that I learn is ultimately something for myself or my children. And then from there, I just feel like it would, I would be missing out on so much if I wasn't able to share what I've learned with other people, because I know, I know how much it's helped me and my children and I know how much it can help other people. And so I think it would be wrong of me to kind of keep these gifts to myself and not help other people. And plus it's a huge part of my healing process to be able to help other people. Oh my gosh. The healing um, is in the sharing and the teaching because then you're learning as well. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think so many people come to yoga that way as well and become yoga teachers and, exactly. you know, the, obviously other, other areas too, but the, the healing is absolutely in the sharing. So thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, you're just awesome. I'm so glad that we connected and thank you for, for, for being on the show. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, 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 oh,